I want to speak to you this morning on becoming champions for Christ. Here at Liberty University, we talk about championship status. We often say if it is Christian, it ought to be better. We don't think anyone should cut us slack because we name the name of Christ. We ought to expect to achieve in whatever we do. And we're training some of you to be educators, some to go into business, others into government, some into the ministry of the gospel, others into the sciences, the arts, athletics. We want that when you graduate from Liberty University with a bachelor's or a master's or a doctorate, that you'll be ready to go on to another university, a professional school, or into your vocation for life, trained to be a champion for Christ. As a young believer in 1952, I became a Christian at age 18. I was a second-year student at Lynchburg College studying journalism. I became a Christian through hearing a radio broadcast. And under the discipling hand of a mature man of God, I developed a quiet time with the Lord early morning, every morning. And for more than 52 years, including this morning, even though I arrived home at 2 a.m., I met with the Lord. I read Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest devotional for today. I read from my one-year Bible, from the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms, Proverbs. And I had a prayer time and went through my prayer list, added to it and, and uh, gave praise for answers to prayer and began my day letting the Lord write upon my heart His instructions for championship ministry. You have no right to be ordinary. God has called you to be extraordinary. God has called you to achieve, to win, to serve Him victoriously. My prayer is that not one loser is inside the Vine Center Arena right now, that every one of you are and will continue to be for a lifetime winners for Christ, champions for our Lord. John 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Our Father wants you to have abundant life for all of your life. Champions are visionaries. All champions are visionaries. Visionaries. I'll come back to that in a few moments, but I want to read to you. I want to read to you a text that has been a special text for me for my half century of ministry. It's in the book of Habakkuk. If you don't know where that is, go to Matthew and back up a little bit. Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. God, God wants to burn a vision into your heart. For the freshman here, begin dreaming, asking God to show you where he wants you to go and what he wants you to do. And don't spend any time running in place or spinning your wheels 
are wasting time. Become a visionary from day one. All champions are visionaries. I'll come back to that shortly. Number two, all champions are prayer warriors. James 4, verses 2 and 3. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You have not. You don't have because you don't ask. And some ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. If you read the biographies of great men and women of God, I not only learned how to have a quiet time with God, but my mentor in my early days with the Lord gave me a, a list of biographies to read. Biographies and autobiographies of great men and women of God. Uh, George Mueller, A.B. Simpson, Hudson Taylor, some of the great giants of the day, Dwight L. Moody. And I read those biographies. I consumed them. And I found that running through the strain of all the biographies were certain characteristics. They were all visionaries. They were all prayer warriors. John Knox and John Wesley had some theological differences, non-essential differences. But they were both visionaries and they were both prayer warriors. Champions have convictions. Champions have real convictions. They know what they believe and why they believe it. Titus 2 verse 1, Paul said, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine while you're here at liberty. We want you to learn cardinal truth. We want you to come to understand that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God that Christ is God of very God, the only true and living God. We want you to learn that Christ died a substitutionary death upon the cross for all men everywhere, that no one is damned before he is born. Everyone, whosoever will, may come. We want you to learn that Christ bodily rose from the dead on the first Easter. Three days after his death, he walked up out of the grave alive and said, Because I live, ye shall live also. We want you to learn the second coming of Jesus Christ. Our doctrinal statement is that we believe in the premillennial, pre-tribulational coming of Christ for all of his church. Champions have convictions. Champions stay morally pure. Champions stay morally pure. Ephesians 5, 3, 4, and 5. But fornication, that's promiscuous heterosexual activity before marriage. Fornication, all uncleanness, all, or covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. That means not only are you, are you not to practice fornication and immorality uh, or any kind of immoral activity and all sexual activity outside marriage between a man and a woman is forbidden of God, meaning all homosexuality is sin and God has forbidden it. But he says you're not to even talk about it. Verse 4, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, dirty jokes nor jesting 
which are not convenient or appropriate, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in, in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I have learned that all of God's giants, all of God's champions, live morally pure lives. And then champions are soul winners. Daniel 12, verses 2 and 3. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness, soul winners, as the stars forever and ever. So there are certain characteristics about champions. They're visionaries, prayer warriors. They all have convictions. They live lives of moral purity. And they are soul winners, witnesses for Christ. But then I want to go back now to the first thing we talked about. This is the beginning of our school year. This is the time when we ought to be setting standards and writing visions and making them plain upon the tables of our hearts. Let's talk about vision. I told you I was converted to Christ at age 18. I told you that I was in my second year of college. About two months later, March of 1952, I felt the call of God to the, to the ministry. I went to my pastor here in Lynchburg. This is my hometown. Park Avenue Baptist Church. The pastor recommended that instead of going off to Notre Dame in the fall as I had planned to complete my education, that I should go to Bible College. I did just that. Baptist Bible College, Springfield, Missouri. And though I did not know exactly what kind of ministry God had called me to, I got into the Word of God. And in that month of September of 1952, into my ninth month as a Christian, having just turned 19 years of age in August, the president of BBC, Dr. G.B. Vick, a great pastor, came from his church in Detroit to Springfield, Missouri, and he lectured all the pastoral candidates, preacher boys like myself, for a full week. And he talked to the 200 of us about what it meant to go into the ministry. And on day one, on day one, he asked that we all would write down a question and later that evening go back to our dormitories, answer it, make two copies, one for him and one to keep ourselves so that later, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, we could look at that answer to, to determine, did we do what we promised? The question was this, and I want you to write it down. What is it that you really want to accomplish with your life? What is it that you really want to accomplish with your life? Amazingly, I'd never really thought of that. I did feel the call of God to the ministry, but I did not have a plan. I didn't have a vision. I, I, I did not have uh, written down, even on my heart, uh, goals and ideals about 
the next 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. I don't recall exactly what I wrote down that night. I'm sure it was nothing like what God has done. But what Dr. Vick did for me, and I suspect for the other 199 boys in that lecture uh, that week, he set me to dreaming. He made me a visionary, and I began every day in my quiet time asking the Lord to show me what he wanted me to do and where he wanted me to do it. I got focused early in life. Now, that's what I'm talking to you about. If you're going to be a champion for Christ, you need to have some focus in your life. You don't need to just fill up space and get a degree here in four years or three or two or whatever. You, you need instead to have some idea of where you're going. And God will show you a step at a time. It may be way down the road before you have the specifics, but you need to have a general idea of what God is going to do with my life. If it's business, if it's government, if it's athletics, if it's the sciences, the arts, or the ministry of the gospel, you ought to focus what is it that you really want to accomplish with your life? I finished at BBC four years later, 1956. I was now 22 years of age, returned here to Lynchburg, Virginia, and with 35 charter members, still unmarried, I, I as the pastor, began the Thomas Road Baptist Church. Now, I've been there 48-plus years. We started with 35 people. And I, I knew by that time God wanted me to be a pastor, and God gave me a vision to reach my city for Christ, to, to win my twin brother to the Lord, and my older brother, and my older sister, and my mother. My dad had died some years earlier. And I had the joy of baptizing my mother. She was my first converted when I was preaching way back there. And I remember, I remember well through the years reaching my fellow classmates at Brookville High School here in Lynchburg and beginning to win family members and, and, and neighbors and knocking on a hundred doors a day. God gave me a vision to reach Lynchburg for Christ. And in that first year or so, I went off to a pastor's conference. In those days, we didn't have many Christian counselors, psychologists. Uh, we had Dr. Clyde Naramore. That's about the only one I knew. He's still living in his 90s now. But we didn't have James Dobson or Gary Smalley. There are thousands of Christian counselors today. And in that conference, again, a group of young pastors, Dr. Naramore said, Fellas, I want you to write down four questions, and I want you to answer them this week while we're here in the seminar. Well, that brought to my recollection what Dr. Vick had five years earlier asked me to do. What is it you hope to accomplish with your life, Dr. Vick asked. Here's what Dr. Naramore asked. Question one, what would I try to do if I thought I might succeed? What would I try to do if I thought I might succeed? Now, you write that down. Some of you are already discouraged. You've gotten away from home. You're homesick. You know why you're homesick? Because you had a good home. 
you have a good home and, and you miss it. You miss all the things of your environment back there and your loved ones. But let me tell you something. You don't determine a person's greatness by his talent or wealth as the world does, but rather by what it takes to discourage him or her. You may be discouraged, but get over it. Get alone with God, pray, cry if you need, but don't quit. Don't ever, ever, ever quit. If you learn to quit this early in your Christian life, you'll develop the habit of quitting, and you'll be a loser. I want to promise you that if you'll spend 30 days at liberty, these may be your first days ever away from home, if you'll spend your first 30 days doing what I'm talking about today, focusing and fellowshipping with the Lord and with one another and listening and learning, it will be a lot easier for you in 30 days to go against the tide, to forget your feelings and your discouragement and depression. And by Christmas time, that, that challenge in your life will be gone. There'll be others but you will have grown past that. Don't quit. Don't go home. Don't let the devil make a quitter out of you in the first week or two of your new phase of life, training to be a champion. Question one, what would I try to do if I thought I might succeed? His second question, what goals would I set if I knew I could not fail? What goals would I set if I knew I could not fail. And then two tough questions. What price am I willing to pay? Am I willing to spend four years, maybe six, maybe eight or ten for a doctorate? Am I really willing to make the sacrifice? Am I willing to go on to medical school, to law school? We opened our law school today for the first time. This is an historic day at Liberty. The law school is underway, and we have a wonderful student body, 60 men and women who are trained to be Christian attorneys. Are you willing to make the sacrifice, pay the price? And then what sacrifices am I willing to make? Now these questions, along with Dr. Vick's question, what is it you hope to accomplish with your life? set me to dreaming, praying, seeking the face of God, and paying the price. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Let me give you eight definitions of vision. You may want to write these down because you are beginning today in your quest to become a champion for Christ. You're beginning to dream dreams and see visions. Definition one, I've learned these by personal experience over a half century. Vision is a bridge from the past to the future. Vision is a bridge from the past to the future. Number two, vision is the eye of faith to see the invisible and the decisiveness to make it visible. You've got to begin seeing things that are not. Three, vision is the power that causes people to make huge sacrifices in order to become all they can become for God. Four, vision is a clear mental image of a preferable future imparted by God. George Barner, Christian futurist, said that.
Five, vision is adopting an action plan that will enable you to move forward in your Christian life and ministry. I mentioned the law school a moment ago. Most Christians are very upset with groups like the ACLU and Americans United for Separation of Church and State, anti-Christian organizations, ungodly lawyers. Well, our action plan is a Christian law school to light a candle, not just curse, curse the darkness. Number six, vision is the inward fire which enables you to boldly communicate to your peers. Seven, vision is the dynamic that enables you to translate your faith and dreams into a personal walk with God. And then the most important, this definition number eight, it separates the men from the boys, the ladies from the girls. Vision is the God-given energy which will make you become a risk-taker. A risk-taker. Are you willing to bet the farm on serving God? Now, God's called you here to train to be a champion for Christ, which means you can't be a quitter. You got to finish what you start. You mustn't be a loser. You've got to pay the price. I told you earlier on, you've got to be morally pure. You've got to be a prayer warrior, a visionary, a soul winner. You've got to have convictions, but you've got to focus. God has a special plan that no one else in the world can fulfill but you. That's true of every staff member of this ministry, every faculty member, but particularly of every student. And may you determine under God, I will not be a loser. I mean determine that in my four years here, I'm going to become a champion. And if God calls me to get a master's here or somewhere else, I'll be ready. A doctorate here or somewhere else, I'll be ready. If God calls me to be one of the leaders of the 21st century, I will be ready. I am not going to be a spectator. I'm going to be a participant. I'm not going to be a loser. I'm going to be a winner. I will be a champion for Christ. Make that commitment here today.